0: going on guys episode 100 hopefully this is episode 100 when it drops um if not it'll be like 101 or 102 but i'm extremely excited to be here myself grayson fisher usual host with me in person mr zach watts our guest today jefferson high school state champion football player played in two sc championships won a super bowl and is also a phenomenal father Jefferson High School football coach, Mr. Rameek Wilson.
1: Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks Um, for coming, man. Actually, I lost the
0: Super Bowl Oh, to the GOAT, Tom Brady. My apologies. Sorry. My apologies. It's a good person to lose, too, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I got to give two quick shout-outs before we dive in on this. First, I have to shout-out my mom. She has been bugging me about it all week, so (laughs) I know she's going to watch this. I got to give her a shout-out. Shout-out Mama Dukes. Also, shout-out to the GOAT, Jason Lane. That's like – my mom made this happen, but this happened because of Coach Lane. Um, so, for people that don't know, Coach Jason Lane, um, one of the best trainers ever, was the trainer and strength and conditioning coach at Jefferson High School while you were playing football there. And on Saturday mornings, I would go – I'm talking like – I'm like eight years old. Like, I'm a, I'm a jit. Mm-hmm. And I would go do my morning workout, and then right after my session, you and Tyreek McCord would do your sessions. And I remember – I would bother you guys and ask you every single question in the book. Cause I just remember being like, dude, these guys are so awesome. Like they're so good. And you guys were so humble and so nice. And like, obviously part of it was probably because, you know, cause Jason got off your ass on the workout. So you enjoyed the talk, but it was just super cool and super awesome. You know, now we come full circle and we're here, man. I never would have thought this would have happened.
1: Yeah, that's pretty dope. Uh, I don't remember too much of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. long time <laughs> Seems ago. Seems like a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, yeah, but um, two great people. Um, your mom, really big help, especially getting me back into Jefferson. Um, her work um, behind the scenes helped me get back in there. It was really dope. And Jason Lane is, you know, he's like dope. a second father to me, big brother. I mean, he's he does everything for me. Been my trainer since high school and all throughout college and NFL.
2: How, do, how were you able to stay in contact with him, like, through your whole process? Like, once you left Jefferson, were you just like, hey,
1: I want to keep working with you? Did he kind of reach back out to you? I've never been asked that before. Thank you for asking. Um, so, great question. Um, I remember I had, like, two weeks off after our season, my freshman year, and I was like, man, I'm, I need to work out or something try to get better. And I, I was like, where do I go? I was like, do I go in my backyard and just freestyle? And then I was like – let me call Coach Lane. He always been invested in working out. So I was like, hey, can I work out with you? And he was like, sure. He was like, just come on up at 11 o'clock. I was like, okay, come up to Jefferson. And and then we finished a great workout. Then I was like, can I come back tomorrow? (laughs) He's like, yeah, if you want. I mean, and then, like, just every day. And then he started, like, he saw how committed I was trying to get better. Then he was like, okay, this guy is serious. serious. So he started planning out schedules and time periods. And, you know, we started spending every single day with each other. And we had a lot more in common than I thought. And so that's when the relationship just took off. And then you know, I was like, hey, you want to come to a game? And he was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it was all. my first start um, against Clemson in uh, 24, 2013. Yeah. It so.
0: was back-to-back. I got to ask you this. I know it's probably – it hurts you a little bit, but – we're gonna go to the year before that SC championship versus Alabama. What was up with that checkdown pass from Aaron Murray, man? What was I like the idea of the the no huddle? I love the idea of rushing over there, getting Alabama's defense off whack because they were not
1: Correct. expecting it.
0: But out of every route to throw, you throw the one that keeps the clock running. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, um, we don't really question Aaron too much. because, <laughs> I mean, his resume and track record. Yeah. I mean, he's you know. One of the best Mm. to ever do it, especially coming out of Tampa, and um, you know, that's one of those plays you wish you could get back, or you can just throw in the dirt or (laughs) at his feet.
0: I mean, dude, you guys realistically you should that that plays out well. You win that game, you guys win the national title that year because that was when they what beat Notre Dame by like forty five in the championship. You guys would have killed Notre
1: Dame. I mean, they best player didn't even show up man's side, even though he probably had a lot of stuff on his mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, shown it all.
2: So, we're bringing up some of your college experience, but you didn't get to start right away, even given your track record and resume. You sat behind Jarvis Jones, Jarvis
1: Jones, and Alec Ogletree. Mm-hmm. So, I went to college as a pass rusher, and um, I get there. Um, that's right before Justin Houston left. So, that was their pitch Hey, mm-hmm. Justin Houston's leaving. We need somebody. From the spot's wide open. I'm like, Hell yeah, I'm in. Shit. It's yeah. opportunity to play early. So,. I get there, and I'm going to the – I'll never forget this day. I'm walking to the outside linebacker's room because we're having our meetings. And I'm sitting there looking at all the rest of my competition, and I'm like, okay, I I think I got this. And then something just told me, look at the door, and the big guy kind of looks just like me, but about 15 pounds there, walks through the door, dreads and everything, same complexion. And everybody's dabbing him up. I'm like – who is this? (laughs) Y'all give him a secret. So he redshirted that year. So he didn't play because he transferred from USC. So he wasn't on the roster. So it really wasn't like a trick, you know, to not Mm -hmm. tell me about him. But (laughs) I would have loved to know you had a a secret weapon like that Mm -hmm. hanging around. So great dude. Love him. Learned so much. And then I realized he was a redshirt sophomore. And I was like, Okay, he may eat up all my years. <laughs> I may be like a one starter yeah. if I, especially if he doesn't declare. So I was like, yeah. you know what? Uh, I think I'm gonna go to inside linebacker. And so I go to inside linebacker, saw the comp, and I was like, yeah, there's opportunity for me to play. And then we move our starting safety, Alec Ogartree, to, mm-hmm. to linebacker. I mean, he was our size. And I was like, okay, I'm never gonna play. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, all right. And he's a true sophomore. So I was like, all right, let's make a business decision. <laughs> Who's going to declare first, Alec or Jarvis? <laughs> he's weighing. I was like, I was just weighing my options. So the great thing, they let me play behind both. Mm. So first and second down, I was behind Jarvis. And third downs, I was behind Alec Ogletree. Right. So I was the only player doing outside in and sideline backer till we got a guy named Leonard Floyd. And they yeah, was like, yeah. all right, just go back to inside. <laughs> <You're better laughs> Which, just, yeah, <laughs> I mean, once you saw Leonard Floyd pass, you're like, yeah, um, he's next up. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, so, obviously, like, you had a plethora of scholarships when you were going out of high school. Correct. Um, you had That state championship team was also loaded with talent across the board. Correct. Um, what made it, because when you went to Georgia, Mark Rick was the head coach at the time. Correct. What, what stood out about Georgia over everyone else for you that
1: made you want to go there? So, every college that came, you know, first thing they look at, look at your transcript. They saw my GPA was like a two or three at the time. And, you know, the clearinghouse, you have to make a certain score on the SAT or SAT to, you know, mm-hmm. pass the clearinghouse. Um, Georgia was the only school, every other school was like, just keep taking the test, keep taking the test, keep working hard in school. Georgia was the only school, um, Coach Brian McClendon, he's there now, he's a running backs coach. He was the only coach. To actually, like, instead of looking at my transcript, he looked at my schedule of the classes I was taking. And he looked at it, and he was like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, what? He was like, you're taking TV production, driver's ed, P.E. <laughs> He's getting by. <laughs> he was the like, where are your core classes? Is going to help your core GPA? He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I, I, I was never told. So he took me to the guidance counsel office. I redid everything. Algebra one, English one, Spanish one, all core classes. Everything I messed up mm-hmm. from my freshman year, redid it and made straight A's and O's. GPA shot up to like a two eight, two nine. And I was like, man, he's and then once, you know, I still wasn't signed. Mm-hmm. Once he changed my skills and everything, I was like, Thank you, but I don't have to sign with you guys. He <laughs> <laughs> done got me yeah. qualified now. I can yeah. go anywhere I want. I'm happy now. So I was like, I was like, you know what? I probably wouldn't have qualified or it probably came real close if it wasn't for him. So I was like, you know, to show my loyalty, you know, that's the school I went with. Yeah, That's crazy that he went – because I was about to ask, like, were you even committed
0: yet? And, no, and I was that's wasn't. What's crazy yeah. is that yeah. he showed that. Speaking on that GPA thing, too, I remember, like I said, I was a young kid, so I remember all these things. But I remember you coming back when you were at Georgia and speaking to the Jefferson football team and you saying how important grades were because you were saying, like, Stanford stopped talking to you and all these other schools stopped talking to you. And you were like, you don't understand how important – that aspect of the game is. Is that something that now that you're a coach, you're trying to, like, implement on your kids, too? Because it's so easy to be a kid and be like, oh, I'm just going to play football. But, like, you're a student athlete. You know, you're a student first.
1: Correct. So, a lot of people don't know. Once I got hot, you know, once you get one offer, another one comes. So, I got about 25 offers at the time. I think I'm hot shit. (laughs) (laughs) Every time a school comes in, they offer me. I'm happy as shit. I'm like, yes. So... LSU comes in, I'm like, oh, here we go, Coach Fenton calls me down, I'm in class, I'm like, here we go, here comes the offer, (laughs) they look at my GPA, and they're like, we can't offer you, your GPA's too low, and that was the first time I ever heard that, and I was like, okay, well, y'all come back, I'll get it up, Um, they was like, we'll see, next day, Ohio State comes, get called out of class. I already see him looking down at my transcript right in the mall area. He's looking at my transcript. And introduced himself, real nice dude. He was like, "I." He was like, if you had a two five, I would offer you, but I can't do nothing with you. And he never said he was coming back. He was like, I, I don't think you have a shot of qualifying. So he left immediately, got him left. And I'm like, holy shit. So an hour goes by. I'm in like 7th days period. I get called down, another scout is there, Notre Dame's there, and I'm like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so I go shake his hand, and I was like, I already know. I know a 2-3 ain't going to cut it, yeah. But none of those schools ever came back, which, you know, they're power five school, like top dogs. They can go find another Remake at that time. You know, they don't come back, you know. But, you know, there's a little piece of me that, goes like gives me that thought like man if I had my grades what would my career look like you know I've had a wonderful blessed beautiful career but you know the experience of what I went through if I would have went to Ohio State or Notre Dame or like how much career changing that would have been just because you know I didn't handle my business early in school um, and, letting, and that's why I try to tell the kids hey you can't fix it. it's really hard to fix it on the back end junior senior there's not enough time so you got to really hone in on your freshman sophomore year but when i tell those kids those stories man they are like they really like take heed and like understand like how serious it is cuz like you can especially in this day and age of transfer portal if you don't have your grades they're i mean no go mm-hmm. yeah you know You
2: talked about during your recruiting process that a lot of these power five schools could find another Mm Rameek in your case. And now as you've kind of stepped from this player role to a kind of mentorship role, how do you really try to hit home with these players? So they don't just like take your stories and throw it to the back of their mind or like in one ear out the other. What is like something you really try to hit home with them so that they don't make the same
1: mistakes you did? Uh, Decision making. Um, I always tell them, man, just, Think before you do. Think before you post on Instagram. Like, hopefully, these little nuggets I'm dropping have a correlation that can build up on. Like, hey, being on time to class, doing the right things, thinking before you post on social media, think before you text or about to do something, skip class. Like, there's a cause and effect in it for everything. So, I try to build those things, and hopefully, you know, they see the light, like, all I had to do is just do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> it took me yeah. to my junior year to figure it out. <laughs>
0: yeah, the, the social media thing is crazy too, because that's something that, like, when you were around, that didn't really exist. Well, like MySpace, maybe. Like, yeah, it, it was bad.
1: really, yeah. it was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> but we had it, but it wasn't like, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah. I think it's it's a blessing and a curse when it comes to the sport, because I think one, it obviously you're able to get kids nil deals, you're able to get kids that are able to you know help for their families then you also get these kids where it's like do you really want to play in college football and like do the grind and the commitment or do you like posting your scholarship offers you know so you kind of get this weird middle ground now where it's like are kids chasing their dream or they're chasing the fame and i feel like we're starting to see that now where you see all these five star recruits become busts and you see all these top level kids because like they're just worship 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 and then they go to Georgia and there's five other kids that are just like them but yeah. those kids really want it you know
1: correct um yeah we're in a big social media seven on seven era like, in drill error. Like, that's what they think. Post a nice footwork drill, hitting the cones, seven-on-seven uh, seven, make a few catches, yeah. and somehow they keep getting offers doing that, <laughs> <laughs> which is weird. But, um, yeah, man, they – sometimes you got to grind in silence. And um, that's what I try to tell them, man, just the little things, because once I got to Georgia, everybody was my size. And if they wasn't my size – they were way faster than me or way stronger. So everybody has their, you know, advantages, their positives. You know, everybody's playing feels a little bit different, but it ain't no big drop-off. So, and it's the little things with the techniques, that's going to set you apart because everybody can do what you can do and probably better. I mean, I've been in a lot of making rooms. A lot of dudes were way better than me, quicker, faster, stronger. But, you know, the discipline of – My alignment, assignment, being on time, just the small things and that correlation, Um, eating healthy, all that correlation in my life gave me the opportunity to play six years. You, You know, you talked a little bit about just doing the small things and
2: the guys you surrounded yourself with at Georgia. And I'm sure at the higher level, you know, you were able to identify their strengths and weaknesses compared to your own. Do you feel like as you grew as a player, you were more focused on trying to improve on your weaknesses or just trying to really solidify your strengths? in order to become
1: like Rameek Wilson? So I was torn between that because there's two sides to that. There's one side you always want to work on, your weaknesses, and put time and effort on it and get better, of course. And then there's a side where, hey, me being fast and strong is what got me here. So what got me the attention, what's got me the offers, what's got me opportunity. Um, honing in on that and building off on that, you know, Instead of really focusing, I was torn because, you know, like I've always been a fast, smart guy and block shedding was one of my weaknesses, but like tweaking it a little bit, like working on my block shedding, but like still developing on my building up, getting me faster and stronger. You know, I was torn between the two of how to really balance it out. But uh, in all in all, man, I think I made the right decision. But it, it's, it can really mess a guy up because, like, a run-stopping linebacker knows he's never going to be a coverage linebacker. You know, um, what got him the attention was being a run-stopper. So if he loses the run-stopping and you're not getting coverage, I mean. <laughs> yeah. So build up on that run-stopping, become even better and. On the back end, work on the coverage a little bit. But I was torn between two because I was like, man, do I focus all on this? Or, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line, man. Yeah. Do you feel like as you
2: moved around, because you said when you were at Georgia, like you were an inside linebacker and outside, and you had players from different positions come into your room to work with. Do you feel like having so many different athletes around you helped you build your game in a more of a versatility aspect? Or was it more so like you tried to just like see – what you could do better from them, if that makes sense.
1: Um, Because there's some things they can do I can't do and some things I can do they can't do. Um, It's either mental or alignment assignment or physical. But having those dudes around really increased the competition, made me want to get better. And, you know, when we're all doing drills, you know, clean who's got the best footwork, clean footwork, working on that stuff, it – It was just so much competition at Georgia, and that's probably where being around all those athletes and trying to be more versatile, you know, to get on the field, to separate yourself, you know, that's where it really, you know, show light.
0: Now, speaking on this, because it's kind of the same topic, what are your thoughts on this new, like, transfer portal we have and everything? Because now, you know, you're talking about you had to sit for – you sat for a year, but you you kind of played a little bit that second year too, which was nice, but now it's like, oh, I don't start. I'm going to transfer somewhere and go play somewhere else. Um, I like the idea of it personally where it's like, yeah, you know what, you're not fully committed to where if I go here I'm stuck there for three years and then I can go. But I also feel like you lose that grit and, and hard work and overcoming adversity of trying to get your roster spot you know, taken or of trying to take someone else's. What is your like, whole thought
1: process on this transfer portal, like how it is right now? I think it's a great debate, really great debate. Um, at first I was like, man, these kids are soft. Man, what are they <laughs> doing? I'm like, man. You stay, you develop, and then when it's your time, you know, face adversity, then you, you know, make it happen. And then there's a part to me of like, what would I have done if I had the opportunity to transfer portal? Would I have sat there for two years and say I would have sat there at Georgia behind Jarvis or a while have went to like Purdue or FIU or USF and played immediately? Um, I can't say that what a confident – yeah, I would have stayed. I would have said no. As I looked back, I was like, maybe I would have entertained it a little bit. I'll see what's out there. You know, it's always good to feel wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, another – I mean, coaches can leave like that mm-hmm. without hesitation. And and there's another factor. Coaches lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll tell a the kid to your face, hey, if you come, you'll start. And if that kid doesn't start, I mean – He's stuck there. He's stuck there. I mean, he didn't keep his word. He lied to him. And is it wrong for a kid to a coach lying to him and his parents telling him, hey, you're going to start, and they don't fall through with that, and he leaves? I mean, it's. I think it's a great debate, but um, if I had it, I don't know what I would have done, speaking honestly, um, because my thoughts have changed, you know, on certain factors like that. And, like, Me sitting behind Jarvis or Tree, if they don't declare, that's the only reason I got to start, because they both declared and left. Tree left after his junior year. That made me a two-year start. Could I say here, confidently, I would have stayed and sat three years on the bench, and then by the time my fourth year, we've already loaded up on five and four stars. Who do we play? Four-year senior Rameek, who's never played before, only on special teams in a little bit, or – the number 5 linebacker in the nation or number 6 linebacker in the nation four or five star recruit young guy for the future mm-hmm. you know so it's 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 a great debate but um it's all about your situation man um whatever it comes down to
0: i agree and i like the the aspect you brought in about the coaching because uh, so my my personal opinion on it i like it i do think that there should be at least like a one year pause like if you go, that's you fine. Should, I'll, I'll agree with that. But, but see, oh, one year. Going yeah. back to the debate though, that you're saying, if that's the case for players, it should be the same for coaches. Yeah. Because how come a coach can come and I can bring this recruiting class in and I can I can make a relation. I mean, your coach becomes a second father to you. you make a Correct. relationship with these kids. Correct. And then I can I can leave and go instantly and coach the next season. And you get punished for a year. You <laughs> Get paid well. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so like I understand. Like I I understand. Like you said, it's a great debate. I understand. Yes, I think sitting for a year is good because I think you get more Correct. of that. Maybe I don't want to do it right away, but at the same time, you can't punish players and then not punish coaches. for the exact same thing. Correct.
1: Correct. Instead of sitting on the bench at Ohio State, you can be starting, getting an experience at Syracuse or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Lord, do you want it? It don't, it don't
2: matter. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think if you were to be thrown into the fire, like as a first year at Georgia, it would have been better for your career as if – or instead, if you were to sit down those two years? Like, do you feel like you – gained more from sitting behind those type of players and just taking everything in and, you know, trying to really find two things before you hit the field? Or do you think it would have played out a little better if you were to kind of just learn from experience?
1: I think it would have played out better by learning from experience after that first year. Mm -hmm. Sitting for two years, I mean, you can only learn so much for two two years sitting there and not – applying it to the field without even having an opportunity to apply what you learned only in practice and everything scripted in practice too. So, but yeah, definitely, um, sitting one year, that's fine. But that next year, if I would have got to at least, you know, see some, that would have been cool. See some action, you know, cause the more games I played, the more experience I got and people don't know, I, I really haven't played much football up until that point. I only played my senior year and have my junior year, I didn't play freshman sophomore. Uh, till week eight, my junior year, I played. Um, had six games mm-hmm. left. And then we were so good my senior year after, like, two, three quarters, we were done. Mm-hmm. So, and then I sit my freshman sophomore year in college and then start my junior year. You know, I really didn't have much ball. So, the more games I played, the better I was getting. Correct.
0: Yeah, and I always thought that was weird because, like, when I was a Jesuit, you'd have kids that would, like, Make varsity as freshman and then not play the whole year, Correct. but they would flex that they're on varsity. I'm like, bro, I'll, I'll, I'm like, bro, I want to play the sport. Like, I don't care yeah. if I'm on varsity, I don't care if I'm JV. I want to play football. Correct. And that was like a big thing for me. And even in wrestling and other sports too. Like, I think the title of well, oh, look where I'm at." It doesn't matter. You're just you're just standing on the sideline. You're watching an hour long football game Correct. in a pads. Correct. I think that's such a and that goes back kind of too with that social media thing we were talking about. They can put in their Instagram bio varsity football. Oh yeah, but it's I like, agree. but you're not playing at all. I'd rather, I'd way rather be on a worse team and play and have fun and get to do it, Correct. than just to brag that I'm on the team, you know.
1: But you know, if I'm gonna sit and watch, it better be a first round pick. Yeah. And uh, I was able to learn a lot from those guys: what to do, what not to do, um, which when when what chances to take when I want to, you know, shoot my shot and blitz or you know, cross-face a guard and, and make a risky play, you know, trying to make a good tackle, what not to do and what to do. I did learn um, from those guys that. But sitting two years, eventually, like, you can only learn so much because, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't do what they can do. So, yeah, about a year is, a year is good of sitting and watching. Yeah. You know, we kind of
2: see, since NILs come along, the kind of conference realignment as well. And we kind of see all these teams move in into other conferences, trying to bolster up to wherever the money, like follow the money, essentially. And I think another one of the problems that comes with that is, you know, up until we expand the playoffs again, you're seeing teams have some easy schedules. You know, I hate to call them out, but (laughs) Georgia's – (sighs) schedule okay. is <sighs> Georgia's,
0: Georgia's non-conference schedule, is yeah. Okay, yeah. their yeah. conference schedule is hard as hell. I mean, yeah, SEC is the uh, SEC. We're not. It's dude. What you play Florida? You you don't you play off this year.
1: Yeah. Did, did you just see Florida? Yeah, yeah.
0: But I mean, dude, Florida Georgia rivalry. That doesn't matter. It's like the same thing with Florida Florida State. Like it doesn't matter how bad they are.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> That's
0: a new Florida. Yeah. <laughs> like, then this new era of Florida is not. I'm a, we're Seminole fans so it's <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah I got a big game yeah, Coming up. Yeah, yeah we do yeah, We do we yeah. do. Unlike Georgia
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably our first test Will be what Tennessee maybe But it's maybe. at Tennessee I believe At Tennessee Yeah that's probably yeah, Probably They even
0: look that. kind of Suspect today Versus Virginia too, Yeah so.
1: I mean Maybe Spencer Rattler Get out of here with that I know But yeah. I'm
0: got like you you He gotta threw, like, it. four interceptions <laughs> against us last year. He yeah, was, He's a turnover machine,
2: yeah, He was
1: terrible. But in was last three games last year, he was on fire. Yeah, I give my respect. Yeah. He was on it. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: But you kind of see this, like, because you talked about it. Like, when you're not facing that top-level competition, your starters are going to be out by the third and fourth quarter. They're not getting those reps that they really need, whether it be for experience or for, like, their draft film. Like, Correct. they're trying to put that together. So do you think, as we move on, we're going to see kind of a format change to where they try to force teams to face harder, like, other teams, and whether it be more conference games, whether you try to put the rankings based off strength of schedule. Because right now it's just like, hey, go 12-0, you'll make the playoffs anyway. Like, it doesn't really Yeah, yeah. Well, um,
0: also, sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. With the conference alignment, though, I feel like it's inevitable that schedules are going to get harder. You can't really run anymore. I mean, what, the pe- – Starting next year, the Big Twelve has seventeen teams, sixteen teams.
2: So is your whole schedule in conference games?
0: Well, I mean, even if it's not, there's no you're going to have to play eight to ten of those games, and like you can't run if there's that many good teams. You know, you're, you're getting the whole Pac-12. You look at the Big Ten; they're getting the four best teams in the big, in the Pac-12 right now. I mean, outside of Houston, I feel like yeah, I I I agree with you. I feel like we ran away from it, but I feel like with the conference like changing, it's almost inevitable that you have to play at least three ranked games a year. I feel like it's forced. Kind I of. don't
1: know what's going on with this yeah. conference stuff. I mean, who voted to let SMU and Stanford and Cal? I don't add, want to talk about. I that. mean, yeah. they've been losing programs for the past five plus years, yeah. and it's not going to help Clemson's case. If I'm Clemson, Florida State, I would, I would, I would, I would definitely leave. They are gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know what they're doing.
0: I saw a, um, I saw a, a I'm, I'm a big, I like Reddit's uh, Twitter account for college football. I, I'm not a big Reddit guy, I just like their account, <laughs> and they were talking about it that, and uh, what was it? It was some somehow or another the last time. Okay, this is what it was. Pac-12 wanted to add two teams or something last year, mm-hmm. and USC and UCLA were against it, and then a year later they leave conference, and now Florida State and Clemson are against two teams coming into the ACC. Yeah. They're most likely going to leave next year. That,
1: that was the dumbest thing I've seen yeah. in a while. USC and UCLA joining Big Ten. I mean, so when they get their ass beat in December, yeah. flying to Rutgers in two degree weather, yeah. <laughs> this is well, going to be well, funny. The as thing shit. is, too, did
0: you watch? And Zach was one that showed it to me. But did you watch their opening game at home? They didn't even fill out a fifth of the stadium. I know you can play the worst team in the Big Ten; it is sold out. Like that's agreed. just that's just how it is. Agreed.
2: Yeah. Speaking of which, on big environments tough atmospheres to play in. What do you think was some of your professional or college's toughest atmospheres to play in? Like what really like just rattled you when you walked out of the tunnel that you were like, this is the big house.
1: Um, I missed a few. I, I'm, I wish we played in season, like sec sec play. Cause I missed out on like, I mean, I don't have an opportunity to play like in the swamp or at yeah. 12th man. Um, is Florida,
2: Georgia always yeah. Florida Jacksonville.
1: Jacksonville. Yeah. I, I I always wanted to play in a swamp. Um I didn't have an opportunity to play in Mississippi State with the Cowbells. Oh, I, I would have loved to what about Death know, Valley. Hear, Did
0: you play at Death Valley?
1: No Death Valley, Damn. no at Alabama. So here. I'm like, man, I I missed out. You <laughs> played in the SEC. I mean I played at around. Vandy and Ole Miss. Anybody <laughs> cares about that? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, man, I missed out on a lot of shit. Yeah. Damn.
0: But NFL wise though.
1: But NFL wise, um, Seattle was really nice. Seattle's nice. Um Death Valley's Clemson, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, 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 no that's no, Clemson, Clemson, Clemson. And
0: De- all right. So Death Valley's LSU. Clemson, but it's really it's L S U. LSU. LSU. Yeah. Okay. LSU but
1: was You okay. played at Clemson though. Yeah, How yeah. I played at Clemson. That yeah. was my first start. It was cool. It was it was cool. I liked the balloons and stuff and it was, it was <laughs> running down the hill. It was, it's it like was my cool. kid's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. A lot of orange. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um definitely Seattle Seahawks. That was rocking. Um Houston, Houston, Texas. Really? They've got a really big stadium, and it fills up. Um, Arrowhead, Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, that thing is rocking, especially third downs. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anything really tops Arrowhead. Uh, a little older, older stadium, of course, but it's the way it's, the way it's built. It's legit. Probably the loudest I've been in.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, you know, speaking on that, I want to talk about the Super Bowl. Um, first of all, I'd like to apologize. Horrible journalism on my part, <laughs> by the way. I am gonna blame my mom on that. So that is, she's gonna get love and hate from this pod. Um, but what what was that like? You know, you're a little kid. Your whole dream is playing the Super Bowl. You know, that's what every kid in the world. You know, they Correct. throw a football with their dad. When you actually got there, you know, wh- whether it was you landed there, you guys got you made you won the championship game to go there, or like even you know right before the game started, when was did you ever get that feeling that was like this is this is the moment? Like I'm actually doing this right now.
1: Um, So, the Super Bowl was in Atlanta, so I played in Atlanta a lot. So, brought back a lot of Georgia memories being back in Atlanta. But uh, our coach, Sean McVay, he had us so, like, locked in, zeroed in on, like, taking it day by day. And he really kept us – he did a great job keeping us focused and pretty much away from the Super Bowl, keeping us focused, which we needed to because there's a lot of distractions out there. I mean, it's huge events every day, but – um, you know, once you hit that field and you go to your lock and you see that, like, patch on you, yeah, it was it was badass. That's
2: awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I got to ask because I'm the biggest Tom Brady just fanboy in the world. What was it like looking across the field and just seeing him, like, playing against
1: him? So I got my Tom Brady fetish out um, already <laughs> my uh, second year um, when I was with the Chiefs. We played them at their house, and um, I remember I took the field and, like, He's so fucking tall. <laughs> he's got like this, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> this jawline. And I'm out there. I'm like, holy shit. So I get in my stands. I call to play. And he just calls me out. He's like, 53 is my fifty is my. I'm like, I fucking made it. <laughs> i was like, this is it. And I was like, fuck, come on. He knows who I am. Like, it's up. a fucking game. Let's fucking go. But it was like cool as shit. And he's like 6'5". And he's just like such a professional. Yeah, I mean he's fucking dumb, right? He was, he <laughs> was badass. Yeah, was awesome, <laughs> so seeing Super Bowl, I was like, I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I have a question on your co- first of all. After this, remind me. I have a story to tell you about Sean McVay. I can't say it on camera, but it's, <laughs> it's a good, it's a great story. You're gonna okay. really appreciate it. Um, you, two two things I want to point out. One, you ex- a- achieved success at every single level you played. You won a state title. You played the SEC championship, regardless if you started or not. You were still a part of that program, Correct. and you played in a Super Bowl. Um, my first question for you is what was that like, you know, knowing, cause there's a lot of people that make it, there's a lot of great people that never play in a state championship that never played a conference championship or national championship and they never played in the Super Bowl, and they have very long careers. Correct. So what was it like to like actually achieve those things and not only reach success for yourself, but as a team, every single level you played
1: on. Um, so I was fortunate to be with and blessed to be on great teams and great coaching staffs. I mean, you don't get no better than Andy Reid and Sean McVay. I mean, and Mark Rick. And Mark Rick, yeah. Um, so um, everything they had in um, in common was the little things, foundation, uh, taking it day by day, not looking forward, not looking a week ahead, two weeks ahead, taking it day by day, controlling what you can control. And, um, you know, then it just became a norm to me winning, going to the playoffs every year, the expectations of, you know, competing at your best every single time, every single time you touch the field. And, you know, that was their philosophy is every single one. Just, you know, within the scheme, you know, just let your personality show and do your best. And the scoreboard will take care of itself. And, you know, that that's how it went. And um, it just became a norm winning. I mean, we knew we were going to get to the playoffs. Now taking it to the next step and getting it to the Super Bowl. So.
0: You answered my other question. I was going to ask, you know, you played for great coaches. What was yeah. something that they all had in common? Because they yeah. all ch- achieved um, amazing success. Also give a a shout out to Coach Fenton, man. He was awesome. Oh yeah. He was a great rest in peace to a legend, man. Um he got me on because I was a fanboy for the Jefferson team when I was a kid. (laughs) I was the biggest Quentin Williams fanboy you could ever be in your entire life. And he got me for your whole playoff run. I was on the sideline with my dad for every single game. Oh, that's awesome. Something that's this small, but to me at the time, that was the biggest deal in the world, you know. And that's something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. So rest in peace to an amazing coach and Coach Fenton.
1: Yes, most definitely. Rest in peace. Yeah. You know Grayson brought up a little
2: bit about how you've achieved success at every level you've played at and a lot of the time you set expectations for yourself people set expectations around you but you know one of the things as humans it's in our nature that once we achieve success we often become complacent in our journey you know what kind of motivated you or drove you to keep pushing forward throughout your career because at any point realistically you could have just stopped and been like well I did my best like Enough's enough. Like I don't really need more than this. Like what really just kept you like nose to the grindstone kind of mentality?
1: Um, I'll probably say um working with Coach Lane, um, and working with high school players. Um, so every offseason I would come back to Jefferson and I'll get my training in with him and all the hungry high school players be there trying to, you know, get better. And I'll work out with them. And I mean, you see what a high school locker room looks like. It's, it's not really the best shape. Okay. Um, and then when he took the head job at Chamberlain and their locker, their weight room was even worse, worse. than Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was bad. So like, it was legit like dungeon workouts, rusty bars, old school grinding, um, around a hunt, a whole bunch of hungry kids that want that, you know, want to soak in that knowledge, wants to get better, wants that grind. And, um, you see it all on Twitter with Nick Chubb. He's always at his high school every off season, squatting 800 pounds, <laughs> <Plus>. <laughs> breaking the <Yeah. laughs> breaking the internet. So yeah, man. Um, just that fire of you know always wanting you know to be better, always wanted to you know prove doubters wrong. And, in you know being around young hungry kids, you know keeps that competitive fire in you going.
0: No, oh, yeah, I like that uh, you brought that up a lot because um, my coach has... So I'm an MMA fighter, but I'm an amateur. So, like, we have our amateur team, we have our pro team. We all do everything together, but, like, it's a little bit different when there's money on the line, your, your living's on the line. He says he loves the fact that we have so many amateurs because we're all super young, we're super hungry, and we want it bad. And sometimes when you're a pro, you kind of get lost in the rhythm of it. Correct. You are know, doing it day in, day out. You kind of you lose the hunger to an extent where it's more of just like your job. And he always preaches how, like how important our success is to those guys because our hunger and us taking, you know, short-notice fights or us, you know, being excited to come and spar when they're, like, beat up and drained, it's like that keeps their fire going too. Correct. And one person that I think did a phenomenal job as, this as a coach is Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden, yes, he got the greatest recruits. Like, the, he was he was a GOAT. But he also always, always, always recruited two and three stars. He would always find guys that were, you know, maybe a little too short or he was a little too heavy or a little too slow because – those are the guys that are gonna be the dogs. Yeah. Your four and five stars, there's sometimes they've never faced adversity in their life. They were the best kid on every team they've ever played on. Then they go to college and they don't know what that dog's like versus you have these you have those guys that are competing for jobs against guys that have been nothing but the dog and have had Correct. nothing but adversity. So I think sometimes having that adversity and that chip on your shoulder can, you know, sometimes take you further than just being, you know, blessed by God, being the best athlete and being the most talented person.
1: Correct. Um especially like I could have been working out in fancy gyms and all that, but I was like, you know, if I'm in all this high-tech gear and clean weights, everything, and I was like, yeah, I'll probably take a rep or two off. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get probably too comfortable. But, um, yeah, um, especially in the NFL, you see that a lot. A lot of undrafted guys make, make the team because, you know, their play speed is just so much different, and you can see it, like, even in practice – like you can tell they got this chip on their shoulder and those be, you know, the best ones undrafted dudes. So it's, it's uh one of, one of my um, good friends, Justin March was the undrafted linebacker came with us, came in with us uh, when I was at the chiefs in my rookie class. And he was just, he was just practicing at a different speed than everybody else. And because of that, and he was just making plays and like, you could tell like this guy's different and he, and I asked him. I was like, "Man, why do you practice so hard every day?" He was like, "Man, all these teams called me and told me they were, were going to draft me in the second, seventh round, and they never drafted me." So he had it. He had it out for every team, and he ended up playing seven, eight years. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, that was actually the next question I was going to ask you. What was that like the the draft process? Because um, you know we have but we have you know guys that we are um, clocks in the stove athletes that you know they were drafting and stuff and we've at, we've heard their stories from and stuff. What was that whole process for you like, and what was it like actually getting the phone call and, and seeing your name on TV and everything?
1: Um, interesting process. Um, a lot of teams are going to call you till they're going to draft you. A lot of lies being yeah. told, getting your hopes up. And, you know, when you're watching and, you know, you see guys get drafted who you dominated in college, that's where it's really like, okay, um, what's going on here? <laughs> uh did y'all not see when we played them and what what I did against them and you know a lot of that a lot of question but um yeah once that phone rang man um I definitely had a chill on my shoulder because I I know I should have definitely went higher but once that phone rang man I was I was ready to go to work and um you know I couldn't have went to a better situation
0: I mean in due respect the fourth round's pretty not bad not bad but
1: (laughs) I've seen the guys who got picked before me and mm-hmm. in the third round, I was like, yeah, something's not right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I know every player that at least
2: enters the draft, they get their own scouting report. Like, they see what everyone sees. When you read through your, like, pros and cons, or I don't know if you saw it. Oh, I know anything? what you're talking about now. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> was there anything you rat that sat down and read on that paper that you were like, they don't know what they're talking about? Like <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't looked at that in so many years, but... um. There were a few things I disagreed <laughs> with. Uh, there were some good positives in there. I mean, they they filled up the positives a lot. I was like, you better. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a few things I disagreed with. But um, for the most part, um, you know, you got to – it made you take like a good look in the mirror because you know what you what you is on tape is what you are, and um, self evaluation even from a third party view, you know. Um, having somebody critique you, um, even though they use harsh words, like, <laughs> like um, one I saw was like incapable of like block shedding on, on some guy's <laughs> stuff. Mine's into that, but I'm like the harsh words. I'm like, mm-hmm. holy
0: shit! And it's just some fat guy, <laughs> yeah. Towards I'm
1: like, dog, like just. Just say he needs to work well, man. <laughs> Be nice, man. Damn.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, because when I was – uh, so actually the reason I, I quit playing football was because of the eye test. Yeah. I was very tired of coaches putting kids that don't work nearly as hard as me over me because they were taller or faster. They had more potential versus in wrestling and MMA. There's no – eye test doesn't exist. You win or you lose. Correct. It doesn't matter if you look bigger than me. It doesn't matter if you have more Instagram followers. We compete. I win. You lose. That's how it is. It's the end of the day. Um, And I feel like – With this eye test, you see people, like you were talking about, get drafted too early, or you see guys like that. Was that something that, that, you know, played in your mind, or you know, like, God had a plan, or you knew it was going to, you know, in the long run, be there no matter what?
1: Yeah, I I knew I was going to get opportunity. I didn't know when or where, because, you know, I've lied to. Dolphins (laughs) told (laughs) me they were going to get me. They didn't (laughs) in in the third. But, uh, yeah, I I trusted God, man, and I knew wherever I was, Wherever I went, ended up I was gonna work hard and you know do what, what got me to that point and mm-hmm. you know head down, keep working every single day, and um you know so I'm new to coaching and that eye test it's something I caught myself doing. It's Real dude, it's oh real. it's real. Yeah. I I because I, you know there's guys that like want to play, want to compete, and I'm like. Oh, look how skinny you are, I can't put you out there, <laughs> real skinny dude wants to play well, linebacker be make, or, sometimes or be kick plays, off. you know, and then, like, like last week, I gave him a shot, and he held his own, I was like, <laughs> Holy shit, you can do it, <laughs> even though you don't like it, and I was like, Fuck, I can't judge I shouldn't judge a look by this color. I was like, you can't do that, Mark. yeah, even though how skinny or How may not strong he be in the weight room, (laughs) but, you know, on-field strength is real. It's different, too. But, uh, yeah, I I caught myself doing it. And on on the way over here on on my Twitter, I saw it about Sauce Gardner. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't even want to play him at Cincinnati because he was so skinny. And they were like, they've had so many injuries at DB, they put him out there because it was so many injuries during the game. His first play, he gets a PBU. Next play, he gets an interception, pick six. And then uh, Coach Figgle was like, damn, uh, yeah. we messed up. We fucked up. We should have been playing. Dude, you see the
0: stat on him that was like what? He played like a thousand-something snaps, no touchdowns No ever. touchdowns.
1: Insane, yeah, Insane, dude. And he old played old good player.
0: teams. They played against Georgia. They played against Alabama. Alabama. Like, good
1: teams, yeah. dude. Waddle, all yeah. of them was out there. Rugs, all of them was out there. And he, he's something special, man. Yeah, I mean. I stopped playing football because I took a helmet to the chest, and I was like, "Oh, you know, uh, understandable." Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: baseball is way more fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. A, a
1: lot of kids and people don't understand how physically taxing it is. I mean, you're going to pay a price to play football. I mean, like my neck, my back, knees permanently hurt yeah. forever. A little bit of your soul. Oh them, yeah. Oh yeah. It'll take years yeah. off your life. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's a big time commitment, and I try to tell tell kids and and everybody else, hey man you will never feel fresh or like good going into a game you will always be hurt in some capacity yeah. especially like in the NFL i mean from the end of july july 25th all the way to september that first week of september you're in camp mm-hmm. when camp's break you're still in camp pretty much yeah, yeah. even though you're not in camp anymore you're still practicing all day you're not going to get no 2 3 weeks <laughs> off or a week mm-hmm. off you're grinding so you'll never – you'll be so beat up, and you just got to find that – I mean, it's got to be in you, the extra gear. And you've got to have good eating habits and good weight room habits, you know, to protect your body, joints, pains, because, you know, it's it's a real deal grind, and it's it's a big-time commitment, man.
0: Yes, uh, I'm sorry, Zach. Uh, I'm a youth wrestling coach. As of recently, it's been—it's uh, my second year doing it. Uh, by the way, I love it, dude. The, the the rush I get of watching a kid win, and you work with them and develop that, is the same as a competitor to me. Correct, correct. You know, you're brand new into the coaching environment. You've played at every level, so you've seen what it's like as the player. Yes. How's that process of being a coach working for you right now? What are some things you're noticing that you do or noticing about the game that maybe you didn't notice as a competitor?
1: Um, just what you said. Um, uh, seeing a kid apply your coaching and everything you told them to do. And when they do it and make the plays and they see the results and you know, that, that really gives me that light. I I love it. It's really passionate and I'm so happy for them. And I'm like, stop being so damn hard. (laughs) Just fucking listen to me and you'll make every play. You'll be in great shape. But yeah, um, seeing them work hard and applying the coaching and the teaching and all the hours we put in and watching them, Watching it pay off, it's it's really satisfying, man. Um, a lot of kids are hard-headed. A lot of kids don't listen. And I was like, fuck, was I like this? <laughs> and then uh, one kid reminds me of me, and I'm like, holy shit. So this was – I I was just like this mm. probably. <laughs>
0: yeah. With one of my coaches that I coach with, Daner, he's one of my best friends of my whole life. But he has a saying that I love because there will be times where, like, I'll, I'll be – like, all, with a kid, just telling him, do this, do this, do this. And then he'll finally do it. Mm-hmm. And he'll come up to me and be like, it worked. It's like, I know what I'm talking about. Isn't that crazy? Correct. And then, but he always says, they don't know what they don't know. I, I can't be like, listen, you need to do this because this is what's going to happen. Like, I know I've Correct. done it. But they've never done it and failed at it. So they don't know what they don't know yet, you know? And Correct. that was, like, a really big turning point for me was trying to get them to grasp and understand without having the like actual experience with the knowledge, if that makes sense. Correct.
1: So that was like one of my biggest things. I were in practice. I told them what to do, coached it, taught it, drilled it, everything. They still don't do it. They still don't do it. I pull them off to the side. Your way is not pretty successful, is it, doing it your way, even though you feel like that's the right way. Just try it my way. They do it my way. They succeed. It's that easy. Yeah, just <laughs> listen, it's just listen, and then they look at me like, "I'm gonna start listening more." <laughs> yeah, you know, they
2: say experience is the hardest teacher because it gives the test first and then the Correct. lesson afterwards. So, you know, for you, you live your entire football career, and then you kind of depart from football. Did you know you wanted to go into coaching immediately after? Did Because I hear with a lot of athletes, once they retire, they kind of like lose a bit of themselves. They're like, I've done this for so long that I don't know what to do anymore or I don't know, like, what's the next step. Did you feel like coaching was like a calling or like something that you felt was the right step afterwards or what kind of led you to that
1: route? So that is a real thing. Once your time's up, it is really hard to adjust. And it's really hard to find that. That next stage, next chapter in your life because, you know, once you're in football you're on schedule. Practice bang, 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 bang. you got your itinerary every single day for years and once you don't have that itinerary no more, you're like okay, your body naturally wakes up at 7 you're back into your body's naturally ready to go work out, get a lift in then meetings, then on the field then after field, so your body's on this clock for all these years and now you're like, okay, they tell you, like, you know, well, you want to think about what you want to do after football, life after football. But realistically, you're all in on football right now. This is what you want to do. You're putting all your time and effort, to, you know, to improve your craft, you know, doing more film study, more drills, more stretching. You're doing all this stuff. So the time you do get to work on, you know, thinking life after football you know, no, no peop, nobody really wants to have that mentality. You know, man, it's time for me to – but it's really important. But, um, you know, I think the NFL does a great job, you know, helping the transition phase because a lot of dudes really don't know what to do. And they still want to play even though they're not allowed to play or can't get a call or in that loop of you may get on a team – Get cut, you know it's the real loophole. But I've always wanted to try out coaching because I know how much time consuming it is. It's a big commitment. You got to be there every day, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, you're you're there all day like a player, even more hours than a player. And um, you know, I'm giving it a test run now, um, to see how it goes. But um, as of right now, I'm loving it. It's
0: awesome, man. Um, yeah. So I think we're gonna dive in now to the fun part, uh, our draft. So. We do a draft at the end of every podcast. Um, Zach was the one that came up with this idea. So we just did one that, what was the one we just did? Oh, we just did a draft that was like, what are little things that make your day way better? Um, so we're going to do the opposite now, I guess, and just biggest pet peeves. Biggest pet peeves. So we'll just go this, you can start and we'll just work around um,
1: this When I'm on a plane and everybody gets up when we, when oh, we land. That's a good one. And I'm just like staring at everybody and they got their luggage in my face. Yeah. I'm always in the aisle seat too. I don't know how that happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we haven't even made it to the dock yet. <laughs> we just landed. Everybody's grabbing everything and it's just it'll move faster if everybody just stay seats and you know, once it starts clearing up and we finally attach the door, yeah. then we can go.
0: Yeah, well humans are dumb, so that would happened. <laughs> My biggest pet peeve is when I ask someone a yes or no question, I get the answer sure, because sure is like you're saying yes, but you kind of want to say no. You're like sure, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> yeah. I guess. I want a yes or no. Uh, I'm a very big sure guy. I'm not not a fan. Not a big fan.
2: Yeah, um, my first pick is gonna have to be people that lack common courtesy or mannerisms. Like if I hold the door open for you and you don't say thank you, <laughs> or if I pass, or if I if you sneeze. And I say bless you, and you don't say, say anything nothing at all. And you just like completely ignore it. I, for some reason. Or the
0: opposite. If I sneeze and you're we're just sitting here and, and I you're don't saying say nothing, I'm like, what the hell,
2: bro? Yeah, like oh, but like Quentin Williams, bless me. Yeah. <laughs> like, <thank you. laughs> yeah. I love him. Yeah, yeah. I love him so much. That was awesome.
1: Ah, uh, another big beef. Even though I don't endorse speeding, but I mean if you're doing like 30 and a 40. Yeah. Yeah, you're. Uh, I guess that grinds my gears. Yeah, yeah. You probably moved to Florida because
0: you're retired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, my number two is. Uh, this is actually a huge pet peeve of mine. Is when people don't tuck in their chairs. That is my like. I, that will really grind my gears. Your OCD's. Canadian, yeah, that's uh, that's my mother, bro. That's from my mom. That's where <laughs> I get that from. Especially like in my like in our college house, like it was like weirdly shaped. So if you didn't tuck in your chair, I had to like. Maneuver my body just to get to my room, when it's like you could have just pushed it in. I could have just walked in a straight line. Mm-hmm. You know that's a that's a big pet peeve of mine. Yeah,
2: um, my number two is going to be people that chew or talk with their mouth full. Um, I just cannot stand it if you're eating food and you're, sma- <laughs> and you're just like smacking with your mouth open. I'm like, dude, like we got ten people around us. I don't think anyone needs to hear you <laughs> chewing in my ear. It's like that's just really, really <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way right now.
1: Um, another. I'm a big crunch guy. I love crunch. And so, you know, when you're on a bench or taking up a platform and you go sit down and just Mm -hmm. on your phone for about five minutes and everybody's waiting, then you go hit a set and then you sit back down and get on your phone. Have you heard of super setting? (laughs) (laughs) Intervals. There's brother. there's a line. You're never yeah. gonna get stronger like that. No, <laughs> One rep, then five minute break.
0: <laughs> it's that exact reason why I'm a private gym guy. I, I I go to a private gym. I've been my trainer now for nine years. Like it's just. I, I went to a public gym once a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "Damn, I am spoiled at this." point. <laughs> I'm spoiled. I have every machine I want whenever I want it. Like it's it's so nice. Uh, my next pet peeve is couch coaches. People that are watching the NFL and they're like that guy did that wrong i would have done it like this blah blah and it's like it's like a 50 year old dude that's never played football in his life guy
1: who runs a 4-4 in high school like everybody exactly but
0: as i get as i get older and i am an athlete and like i'll watch fights with people and they start saying stuff i'm like you don't understand like yes that guy wants to do that (laughs) you know he wants to make a play yeah it's not that easy
2: yeah Yeah. my number three i'm gonna go couch coaches for sure yeah um Number 3 for me is anyone that treats hospitality workers with any form of disrespect. I feel like if you've never worked in like the service Correct. industry or hospitality and you're giving them a hard time, I'm like you have no idea what kind of day they're having and they have to smile at you cuz like if they like you're literally taught Rule number one: The customer is always right, and I know you're wrong. <laughs> like, I, like, I know you're wrong, and I gotta, I gotta bite my cheek and just roll with the punches. Like, oh, I can't stand it. Like, oh yeah, it's my fault as your server that our kitchen uh, got your order twenty <laughs> minutes back up. Like, sorry, that's on me. Should have uh, known.
1: <laughs> um, one that um, it was probably during COVID. People wear a mask outside. Mm-hmm. Like there was a guy waiting to cross the street, and he had a mask on. He had a mask on. I'm like, you're by yourself in the open. I I think you might be okay. Yeah. I mean, we're not enclosed. Not lurking for you. <laughs> I think you can just take it off. right? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're walking outside. <laughs> you ever
0: see those people, too, especially during COVID, and I'll still see it sometimes now, they're driving by themselves. Yeah, with the mask, the mask on.
1: on. By yourself, like your your passenger seat's not going to give you COVID. Bro. I'm like, okay, if you're like an Uber driver and mm-hmm. you got like a full, okay, but like if you buy yourself in a car with a mask on, I'm like, I think you'd be okay. Yeah, I think yeah. you might be might yeah. be safe.
0: <laughs> My number four, I'm gonna go with people whose whole personality is telling you that they go to the gym. I feel like that's like an <laughs> era that we live in right now, where it's like the way I look at it is like. Working out and being healthy is like drinking water to me. You should be doing it regardless. You shouldn't be telling me and you'll get like I'm not trying to be that guy, but especially with girls, they'll buy like all these gym workout outfits and all these cups and stuff. And then they'll go <laughs> walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes and post 55 photos of them working out. Like, or yeah, I'm stair-master. a big workout girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like like you should that's like me bragging, like, yeah, I drank a gallon of water today. Like you should be doing that. Like you should be working yeah. out.
2: Yeah. Um mine I can't decide which one's worse, but they play into the same thing. It's when you ask someone to try something and they either a immediately say, I'm not going to like it or B they try it and you know, they like didn't hate it, but they still say they didn't like it. (laughs) They got their mind already made (laughs) up. People that just refuse to try things or anything new just for the sake of being like themselves. Like, Oh, that bothers me. Like beyond belief. Like dude, just try it. (laughs) Like I'm not trying to, I'm not lying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last round right here. (sighs)
1: <sighs> I'm running out. Biggest um, There's nothing as a
2: dad that your daughter does that you're like, why do you have to do that? <sighs> um, I know there's some things players do that you're like, oh, I wish sure. I could just send you home. You might not be able to say all those <laughs> things. Yeah, there's yeah. something. Let, let um, me put the pads on real quick.
1: <laughs> 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 um, probably my daughter with the why. Why? Mm. Why? Why? I said why do so? I need to eat my vitamins? <laughs> why? <laughs> Make you healthy? Why? Right. <laughs> the why is the why. Um, probably the joggers in place. <laughs> mm, yeah, watching people jog in place, I'm like, yeah, you can just chill. <laughs> get a Peloton, buddy. Yeah, a Peloton? I'm a big. I'm gonna
0: lie, I'm a big fan of Peloton. Yeah, no, no, no I've never tried
1: know. it, so I. My not dad is like it. the most
0: Peloton guru man you'll ever meet in your life. But like when I'm like when i get injured like i i blew out my shoulder in my fight a couple uh, about a year ago i couldn't do anything so i would just peloton every day and like you can you can grind on that thing dude so it, the trainer like, really yeah. really active you can set how long you want your workout you can set what kind of workout you can set the intensity like okay. it's 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 legit dude it's legit uh for my fur my fifth my last pick are my pet peeves yeah, you're right. This this last one. I know Zach probably got like twelve loaded. <laughs> <ago>. <laughs>
2: I'm so you, to you, one you're one. cheating. Um, you had time to mm.
1: brainstorm.
2: I, I did. My fifth
0: uh, one. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over. Let Zach do his fifth, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna come
2: back. Mm. Oh, um, when you ask someone to watch a movie with you, or just like to watch something, and every time you look over, they're on their phone. Yeah. and like, Oh, I missed that they're like oh yeah, that's for they'll talk what happened <laughs> yeah what happened like <laughs> like do i put it on like you, at least like if you're going to don't sit after the movie and then afterwards you're like yeah that movie sucked and like i'm like did it I don't even think you could tell me what happened, but, uh, like, at the same time, it's, like, whatever. Like, I'm watching it from my experience, I guess. Like, even though I've seen the movie, I wanted you to (laughs) enjoy it. I'll just watch it again. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just watch it again. I
0: would say, it came back to me, when you get, like, when you're going out or you're doing a special occasion, you wear, like, an outfit that you're really excited for, then you stain it instantly. Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, my gosh. It's a huge pet peeve of mine. Or if you wear black. And you're like, oh, I can't stain it because I'm wearing black, and then you get like white on it, and you're like, how does this happen to me?
2: Yeah, yeah. Here's some powdered donuts. Yeah, literally. Yeah, <laughs> heavy lint, <laughs> <laughs> heavy white lint all over your black
1: shirt. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, but uh,
0: I think that's everything. Rameek, dude, I'm so thankful for this, man. I really appreciate wow. it. Um, if you ever want to come back on, the door is open for you. Uh, awesome. Once again, shout out my mom because she's going to want me to say that 50 times. <laughs> and I'm not going to hear the end of it for the rest of the school year. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate it, especially with your tight schedule and everything. And uh, yeah, yeah. good luck in your game tonight, man. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, best of luck, man. Thank you.
0: Great episode. Hopefully 100, but we'll see when it drops. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.